1: gutters, meet the gutters, oh boy, oh boy, I'm ecstatic to tell you that, guess what everybody, another live show is officially on the books, March 26th, Saturday night, 8 p.m., Carasotis Movie Theater in Secaucus, New Jersey, Kevin Israel and I are happy to welcome back Bill Schultz and Joanne Nosichinsky from The Morning Show on Compound Radio, we are doing the theater and episode thing back to back, and guess what? they've chosen the 1999 classic film office space. Oh yeah, that's going to rank the cockles of all you Gen Xers out there. And, Tickets can be found at guttingthesacredcow.com. And for a promo code, type in one of our favorite phrases. That's all one word, one phrase, no spaces. I bet you can figure it out to save 15%. guttingthesacredcow.com to get tickets. And in this episode, we welcome back our pal Dan Buffa, who's going to take on an absolute beloved treasure from the early to mid-2000s. No country for old men. So, Dan, hit
2: it. Gather
1: Call me a cocksucker again and you're out of here. You're a cocksucker. You're out of here. Kevin Israel, name that film.
3: I feel like that's how all of our conversations start.
1: (laughs) Before record.
3: Yes. (laughs) I I have no idea.
1: Our guest today is returning friend of the show, Dan Buffa. Dan, I know you know
2: what this quote is from. Do it again and give it some feeling this time. Oh, no, 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 good. no,
1: no, 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 no. I don't give inflection because that's a dead giveaway if I do that. Although, actually, you know, oh. I can do that because some of them ones I can, some I can't. This one you can. Call me a cocksucker. Call me a cocksucker again, and you're out of here. You're a cocksucker. You're out of here. Here,
2: oh, Durham, yes, come on, Crash Davis, say it, say it, yeah, Cox say sucker. it, Cox sucker, here. sucker, yep, it, I've never it seen is, that movie. It, 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 Israel, it is arguably his best role because he's just a ruthless minor league catcher who doesn't give a shit. Yeah, i never just, seen it. It's, I will vehemently disagree, that is not his best role. Well, maybe, I, arguably, arguably, but there's a lot of good Kevin Costner
1: roles. First of all, it's not even his best sports film. I think. Ah. I think Bull Durham is overrated. Which one, Which one do you got? Which one I love like Bull Durham. I think it's overrated. The best sport, the best baseball film is Major League. Without any arguments, Can See, I?
2: I, I can't. You know that's in my top three.
1: Okay, that's in it's my be, top but, three. But I
2: tell you what, I like For Love of the Game better than I did Bull Durham. Billy Chapel, man, you know. Hey, have you ever just stopped in traffic before you're about ready to lose your mind yeah. and went clear out the mechanism? Make, clear, clear it clear out. Think me- about Kelly Preston. Think about Kelly Preston.
1: <laughs> and the other one that no one saw that I did, McFarland USA, where he's a cross country coach, is great. very, very great. Is very he going to do
2: a hockey movie? Is he going to do a hockey movie? He's just going to round out the whole thing. Draft uh, day, draft I day draft was day. I, love I, draft l- I love I draft day. I love draft day. And that is, can I say this? isn't that one of the best usages of Jennifer Garner? She got some meat on the role. She held her own with all the guys. That's one of her best roles and she's in a supporting role.
3: Yeah, yeah. Although, I thought everybody was fine in it. it's a, it. A, it's a really rewatchable Dennis league.
2: Leary is the offensive coordinator. Can't you just no, he's see a no, he's the head coach. Oh, he's the head, head coach. Who's the offensive coordinator of that team? Does he have a role or no?
3: The no. um, You know who he is? It's I think it's he's the, the head it's coach. The black guy <laughs> from the Arrow.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, and then you have all the scouts, and you, of course you have uh, Skeletor as the GM, right? Frank Langella, yeah. yeah, the owner. Yeah, yeah. very good. Cool. Yeah. By the way,
1: by the way, and I like that film. So we all admit it'd be like that. That ending. Has to be top five. That doesn't happen. I'm sitting here no. watching. I'm watching it. I don't guess I didn't see it in the theater at home. I go. I'm throwing my hands and they go. Oh, fucking stop it already! Hey, and
2: also, rest in peace, Chadwick Boseman. Yeah. Way before his yeah. big yeah. black band yeah. b- breakout. he
3: has the he has the best cell phone case in that movie. Yeah, it right? looks like it looks like brass knuckles with with uh, with spikes on like, it mm. that he holds. Whoa, I was like where, like, like where do I get that?
1: <laughs> you guys don't tell me. Kevin Costner. Don't tell me you think that Chadwick Boseman, that was his first film, because how about let's go about a little further back to the little film called 42.
2: 42,
3: yeah.
1: Oh, right. yeah, yeah.
2: Boy, the guy called what? Jackie? Yeah. Jackie something? Jackie. You
1: know it. All right, but well, we're not here to talk about Jackie Robinson and oh, 41 no. and all these other films that we've mentioned and Kevin Costner and how we would give him a metaphorical BJ except for Robin Hood, <laughs> Prince of Thieves, because that was fucking awful as an adult, as a kid, you're like, this is cool as an adult. It was great. Like, this is terrible. Yeah. And then he has Waterworld, which is also. Oh, but wait, wait, what am I thinking? The second best baseball film he did, Field of Dreams. Sorry. Right. Oh, the, the best baseball film he did, excuse me, is Field of Dreams. Unquestionably. Kevin and see Kevin Israel. We're gonna sports movie Jag. I better get out before I wear a groover to this floor. Here we are yet again. And Dan Buff is back. Dan, what are you moving up to? Tell the fine folks where we can find you before we start this lovely podcast.
2: Well, a lot of the movie stuff is still at KSTK simply because I send them stuff and they put it up. They could just say, you suck, go put this up at some little website. But, you know, if it's Jewish related because they pay, it's at STL Jewish Light. So if it's Lieb Schreiber doing a Ray Donovan movie, that's going to be like up there. But for the most part, the Scream stuff, all the Marvel reviews because... Jewish people just think that's just too loud and too fun, I guess. But uh, mostly KSTK and Jewish life in the movie style. I do go on television for some weird reason. A producer put me on television on Fox 2's Studio STL. It's a lifestyle channel, at least before I come on. And then it becomes some kind of like Fast and Furious Israel infomercial you know where it's like me as a massage agent and a spinoff that nobody watches on NBC but other than that just writing reviews for KSTK and talking to you about movies that I think are really 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 overrated
1: you mentioned this and I have to ask because I DVR'd it yeah I'm 40 I still DVR 45 I still DVR shit yeah is a is Ray Donovan film any good because the last two seasons were dog shit
2: I I feel like it finally tackles the one question on the show of what exactly happened between Ray and his dad, what kicked off. Because without that, the show's nothing. These two hate each other. Right. And I think the guy who plays a young uh, Mickey, who's played by Bill Heck, is just terrific. I I love the movie. I watched it twice. And I'm actually... Gonna, the wife is finally ready to kick the tires on starting with season one when Ray was not as beaten up Good. and as sad looking, you know? Yeah. You know? Back when he got out of the car and was like, oh, you're a reservoir dog. And then after seven seasons, he, he kind of looked like Obama after those two, you know, stints in the White House. He looked like he went from 50 to 75. Atlas carrying the world on his shoulders
1: while <laughs> developing osteoporosis. I hear you. Yeah. Dan didn't come here to talk about Ray Donovan. Ha, fooled you nope. again. He came here to talk again. about the 2000, we call it a classic Kevin Israel We'll
2: call
1: it, eh, a, lot of, lot, a lot of people like it. I'm not going to put it in classic territory yet. No Country for Old Men. The film that gave the infamous Javier Bardem haircut that none of us will ever wear. 2000. Yeah, Dan did that. 2007 budget at the time, $25 bucks. A box office hall of $171.6 million. Pretty good. 2022 money, $32.2 million budget. Box office hall. 221.4. That is a 7X increase. Not too shabby, Kevin Israel. Not at all. Quotes? Like oh, yeah, that's true. Coen Brothers usually make stuff on the cheap. I, I, yeah. what's they their, do.
2: What's their highest growth? Like highest budgeted film? True Grit? 60? 60? Maybe 50 million? 60 million? I don't yeah. know. Yeah, but I bet what True do Grit, Grit think had Damon, a budget to it. <laughs> Damon and Bridges were probably at least... I know Damon was getting 15 to 20 at least of that. It's yeah. like when you know, Bruce Willis did an M. Night film like 20 years ago and took about a third of the budget or half of it.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Uh, quotes, call
1: it. And that's all I've got, kids. This film is not that's quotable it. one bit. Kevin it's Israel, any, uh, any quotes out of you, sir?
3: I um, would have meant I was paired with my. Um, oh, hell's bells. They even shot the dog.
2: fair hey dan quotes from you anything uh what did woody harrelson's character say yeah he's pretty deadly but i'm gonna underestimate him get shot sitting down in a chair instead no he didn't say that i have no quotes that's a hell of a foreshadowing right there (laughs) he's just you know everybody's like this guy's a pretty bad dude let's just underestimate him the whole movie right because that works.
1: (laughs) Five fun facts. 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 Heath Ledger was considered for the role of Moss, but withdrew to take some time off. To do copious amounts of drugs. Just kidding. Uh, Josh Brolin broke his shoulder right after being added to the cast when his motorcycle collided with the car. Someone did not play Spy Hunter as a youth. Or follow
2: Ben Roethlisberger's career on motorcycles, dude. Come on, be careful. Josh didn't say a
1: word about the injury, and thank God he didn't, because his character gets shot in the shoulder early, so he didn't have to act hurt. That is fortuitous. Isn't it? I love that word fortuitous. I use that often. As do I. (laughs) The usual fake blood that is in movies has a ton of sugar, but it could not be used in this film because it would attract a ton of desert creatures. So the Coens had to order in a special blood from England where it cost, quote around 800 bucks a gallon. Fake blood costs 800 bucks a gallon, but you know, if we shoot a load, it's only fifty dollars. You tell That's me. It. And yeah, we're, we're handsome, we're handsome
2: when we're handsome sons of bitches too. I mean, this is on. preposterous. This is a little wrong um, business. Inequality going on here when it comes to you know <laughs> blood and other stuff.
1: Did you guys ever like blow loads for a for a clinic when you're in college for money? I
2: did not, but I thought about oh, it really hard a couple. I did of too. Years. I did too. I Almost my, got out of the door and I turned around like, no, go. Ex- is it only like 150 bucks?
3: Yeah,
1: my ex-girlfriend, she was like, what do you want to have? You,
2: you want to have some kid knocking your door going, are you my daddy? On, Dan? Shit. Yeah. <laughs> no, get out of here, I thought I sold
3: my comic book collection. I would have should have just jerked off. Oh,
2: I oh, see. Decisions, decisions, decisions.
1: Number four, Tommy Lee Jones nailed that monologue in the final scene in just one take because he said, I've been practicing. Good for you, Tommy.
2: Yeah, Good job.
1: Tommy Lee had Tommy Lee. I keep Tommy Lee. Tommy Lee and his huge dong honked a a boat's horn in the video with Pam Anderson. No. Tommy Lee Jones had top
2: billing, but the least amount of screen time.
3: Yeah. That was noticeable.
2: Wasn't He's just kind of, he's just showing up to everything a little bit late, like a for, like, a, like a non-fortuitous movie cop, he's just like, oh, "Hey guys, oh, what happened here? Yeah, what, oh, what do you got there? Oh, what do you got there? Who has fresh bagels? You know, I mean, come on!" Pushes man. a few yeah. things
3: around with a pencil and then, yeah,
2: leaves. And, he, and he basically <laughs> philosophizes the whole movie. He's never there. That's so true.
1: Well, it's funny. This also reminded me of when Schwarzenegger did Batman and Robin and then gave fucking, you know, George Clooney is Batman for Christ's sakes. And he's yeah. second billing. Like how, <laughs> how pissed must you be? Like, I know Clooney wasn't, I mean, he was on ER. He did yeah. dust, dust till dawn. I forgot. Did it come out? Yeah, it did. Cause dust till dawn was 96. Out. That was like
2: right? his first, that and the peacemaker yeah. was like his first two big forays he, in the film.
1: Peacemaker much later. I, not much later, but I know it was after Dust Till Dawn. And okay. then and then so called Peacemaker. But then so that was probably the biggest blockbuster ever. Yeah, I would say Oceans but, wasn't. In the was late nineties, but, but, but that was 2001, though, was Oceans. Yeah.
3: Yeah. In the late I nineties, mean, Jesus would have taken second building to Arnold Schwarzenegger.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I
3: I'm not angry about it. I'm just saying Clooney must have been like, oh, come on. Yeah. What the fuck?
2: I'm Batman. And then there's Robin. And then, no, your top billing is this guy like Mr. Threes. like, get out of here, man. Come on. Poor George. I, I love when people
1: try and defend that film and say, oh. oh, it's good. You have to hate watch it.
2: No, you have to hate watch it. No, you, no, have, you have to don't. do a shot every time you just want to go. Oh, this is terrible. Oh, God. <laughs> I feel better. Play <laughs> That's what you have to do. This would be empty after like the 35 minute mark of Batman and Robin. i I'd rather scribble? watch Batman forever. That is Basil Hayden's All right. whiskey. Hey man, we're, we're roasting a movie tonight. you can't be drinking any Jack Daniels. You got to have the stuff that Sean Connery would have drank Thanks. when he was alive. Fancy. Let's do it. By the way, I, I just want
1: to give you guys a lot of credit. Thank you for stalling enough so I could find our ask a gutter from two weeks ago.
2: See, we're, we're here for We're almost like commercials. We're just better looking than the hey, commercial yes, people. Indeed, ain't that that's true? It, here. You know, and they need makeup, too. You know, they, they need cuddling and makeup and trailers. We're just sitting here on, you know, in our house. Cuddling. Our what thing. kind of
3: commercials are you doing where they're cuddling? Oh, yeah, you know, the yeah, ones oh.
1: where they're holding hands in the bathtub for a Cialis commercial? That's right. Like, hey, get out of here. And <laughs> now, And now it's time to ask a gutter. Ask a gutter, ask a gutter, ask a gutter, ask a gutter. Taco Shark Krillin, Taco Shark Krillin making his way up fast at the list of the uh, ask a gutters. He says, this is one of those, those movies that I remember being damn near flawless when it was released. I can see it dragging on a second watch, maybe. My question is, what's an example of a flawless movie in your opinion?
2: You know... I would, I would almost say, Kevin, are, are you going or is it me? No, this is all no, you, you, Dan. It's all you. me. Okay. You're the, you're I'm, the gutter. I, I have the ball. I, I'm Jordan right now. Oh, man, that's too much pressure. Uh, I mean, I, I would say a movie that you can rewatch at any time, any mood. It has to be a top five. It has to be rewatchable. You, you can't lose one beat. Like, I can watch Predator with Arnold and from 84, and that movie just – Gives me the same kind of scares. Eighty-seven. Okay, what was in eighty-four? That was Rocky Four. See, I'm almost there. No, 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 Eighty-five.
1: Conan the Destroyer was eighty-four. Okay, okay.
2: But you got to think some of those Arnold films, and even like some of the Rockies, they just hold up and they stir up the same emotions. Are they scary the same way? I I can watch Chef from John Favreau over (laughs) and over again, just because. But it just, but some films don't. And hey, hey, that grilled cheese is worth it enough. You got to make it to that point. Then you can turn off, get past Scarlett Johansson and the grilled cheese. Okay. But for me, a perfect film was one that has to be rewatched and it can't, it can't, it can't have any dents. You know, I always think uh, a great movie is kind of like a car. You buy it brand new. When you first watch it, it's going to be the best, the first drive. But if it's 10 years later and it's got too many dents, then, you know, it's kind of a shitty car.
1: There are some appreciated dents. You're like, hey, listen, I can understand. Like, blood sport. is not a perfect film. Commando is no. not a perfect film, but I sure, yeah. but I sure was fuck. will watch them every time I stumble it. upon that. Yeah. Uh, next question is from Lord Snertz, another fan favorite. Would you have taken the money if you were in a similar situation as Llewellyn Moss?
2: I would have thought as hard as I could to just leave it there, or take a little bit of it. Not go. like make, not make it seem like you took all the whole thing. Maybe even like shove it around the area a little bit, like it was a struggle, and then take like a couple good, like what is this? A couple good high stacks of society rounders, <laughs> nice you practice. know? Yeah, okay, maybe like four of those, and then just run away, you know, Llewellyn, run down the road to Kelly McDonald, who's dumb as you are, and and just. Don't take all the money. I think the mistake was you took all the money.
1: That'd be funny if he threw it in the air like, like he was at a strip club and made it <laughs> rain. It like, water. Get, right. it Get it all now, motherfucker. I want you to go pick up all these dollars all around the, all around the oh, desert. Oh, man. I would have pocketed some of that. Yeah. And, yeah. and by some, I mean a good amount of it. Next question. Uh, Matt Dawson at Hopper 2400. La La Land and No Country for Old Men. It's like he's targeting me specifically, and I hate it. I want to know his thoughts on Anton Chigurh, who is often said is the most realistic depiction of a psychopath on film, since you actually have to be a
2: psychopath to dislike this film. Burn. I, I would almost say stay tuned for point number one of my gutting. and Perfect. I would say. It, right, and, it, it has to do it has to do with, with Bardem. It has to do with that character. That's the number one problem of the movie. And that will be addressed when I get my knives out. Not yet.
1: Next one at Nemorovsky. who does a psycho with a coin better? Bardem is Chigurh in the gas station or Tommy Lee Jones as Two-Face in Batman Forever?
2: Well, firstly, I want to see that movie together. I want to see both those characters. And you'd have Tommy Lee Jones playing both characters, the cop and Two-Face. But for me, I think it's Anton. Because in that gas station, that's where the movie was riding as high as it could. And it was all because of the way that he described the coin toss. Even though Tommy Lee Jones does his best in that okay Batman movie. Not good, not great, not bad. Okay, okay. See, that makes me uncomfortable too. We'll, we'll have to tackle that one later.
1: And of course, Bango 2331. Oh boy, I love old. I, sorry, I love no country. So I'm looking forward to hearing his take on it. Nope. No questions, just general curiosity. That's good. All right, Kevin Israel. Let's let the man do this again. <laughs> and, <laughs> wink, wink, this wink, wink. Let's let Dan Buffett come out and gut. God. <laughs> cow! Oh, Grace
2: oh. oh, he jumped
1: in on the end I love perfectly. It.
2: I love it. It. I did he, but you, but you two season. had the spotlight I had you know you two of the stars and I'm like the and on the poster I listen the
1: nothing and. makes
2: us ha- nothing makes us happier when the guest jumps in from jump <laughs> and gets it perfectly all right well, sir. Let's just say, wink, wink, the redoing allowed me to sharpen up the gutting. Because last time was more like, a, you know, you ever go into an all-you-can-eat buffet and you eat too much and you just, you, you do too much. You do too much gutting. Last, this time I polished up the list. It was eight points. Now it's about five. Number one, it had to do with that question posed uh, to, to the host of the show. It has to do with Anton, who I think is a great villain. The movie should have been all about him. I think if you were going to change the material and take Cormac McCarthy's novel and say, hey, Cormac, write him a big fat check. I mean, a big one. It's shiny. Throw it to him and go, we're going to mess with your book a little bit. And we're going to take a couple of dumbasses out of the screenplay. And the one thing is you give a lot of more screen time to him. Should have been best supporting actor. Should have been a best actor. Candy. You need more time to make this movie hold up because upon rewatch, it's not enough and time. There's not enough Anton shooting the dumbest Woody Harrelson U.S. Marshal ever, who just says, yeah, this guy's pretty dangerous, but I'm going to walk into his trap and get shot in the stomach in a seat and die in a hotel when nobody remembers my name. It's just those little things that don't hold up and piss me off. And Mr. Israel, well, well, that's a deep tease. Mr. Israel's is a take. Well, I think will mirror that. Or who had some Harrelson hate among this group? Who hates <laughs> the Harrelson more hate me? That one plot point. But yeah, the biggest thing is there's not enough ant time. And number two, moving on to roast, gutting, just beating the shit out of it, point number two is it's too long. And when you compare the first part, part of not having enough ant time, and I'm saving the worst thing for last people, I haven't even gotten there yet, but it's too long. And you see that when you rewatch it. And one of the biggest things from the, that great question, I think the first one that was asked that uh, was posed to me: Was what makes a movie just just perfect? And you it, ha- it can't it can't look terrible or even not as good upon rewatch. Even five, even what is this, what fifteen years later? Even though it came out, did it come out at the end of the year? Of course, No Country for Old Men, two thousand seven. Okay, so we're we're almost at about a decade and a half. I would say rewatching it appeared way too long as I watched it recently. And it just, just to make sure I hated it, because sometimes you got to walk up to a turd and just stare at it, really star in the ground and go, yeah, you stink.
1: (laughs) How many times times have you walked by a dump and go, hold on a second, guys. I got to take a whip to see how pungent this one is.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Too many Skittles. See, that's just a bad idea. And and this movie is, it's just one of those shiny movies that looks good probably right when they came out. And I remember when, when I watched this movie in the smallest theater in St. Louis with my dad and my brother, who are about as big as me, if not bigger. And we were just shoved together in this one nucleus of human flesh watching this movie that's kind of letting us all down. But, you know, when you give a movie kind of a little bit of a pass on that first watch, well, the rewatch of this movie stunk. And the biggest thing was the length. If they could have cut 20 to 25 minutes off, you're not going to give us more Anton, cut some of that other crap out. So number one, yeah, yeah, didn't have enough Anton. Number two, the length. Number three, the twist in Midway. This is where the movie just careened off the road. It was going right down the middle lane to okay, maybe decent, possibly great land for a movie. And this is the Cohen brothers. And in 2007, they were big players. They're like, oh, the Coen brothers got a new movie out. That's like when Tarantino had a new movie out. You're like, oh, look at you. Mr. Millionaire had time to write his script. So you, you have that big twist where you essentially knock out one of the characters that had these two. This movie had posed up Llewellyn against Anton. You know, the hitman against the guy who took the money and, well, kind of got the attention, the job of the hitman. Who is soulless, who is kind of like that, you know, dark angel of death coming after the dumb hick who took all the money. But in this case, you knock out one of the characters. And then the last half of the movie is kind of what you would expect. He he gets a little nicked. He gets hit by a car. He talks to some kids. He doesn't kill the kids. I killed Kelly McDonald, I killed, yeah, all these other people, bombed a car, even though I slowly walked away from the car, looking all mysterious, and nobody looked at me. But it's just, it, it, you have that big twist that kind of upends the movie. And I think what they were thinking was, hey, the book, it worked really well. Well, On the page, it probably worked phenomenal. On the screen, it kind of, it 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 made the film, it took that film from another level and took it down a notch. Because you took out that that duel that they're planning. I mean, okay, I'm going to address a recent film that everybody was talking about, The Last Duel. And it's by Ridley. And Ridley blamed all the young people for not seeing his movie, even though nobody wants to watch a two-hour and 30-minute movie called The Last Duel. But it delivered. The the, The duel was at the end. And it was a damn bruiser. He had Jason Bourne against, you know, the guy without the lightsabers this time. Adam Driver, it was brutal. It met the hype. In this movie, you knock that out at the halfway point. And then, like we all know, Tommy Lee Jones' character was all right, but he's just like that guy who's at the bar. Yeah, you know, it's his uh, no country for old men. That's what the movie's about, by the way. And now the movie's over. Now you're disappointed. Go get more popcorn. But, <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to scan the list for further gutting. So stand by. We've already had, made, what, four points. Let's not over gut Does you two still have to, you know, throw your punches in there. Uh, yeah. You know, Tom Bell, kind of the slowest guy in the movie, trying to explain the whole movie's title. Even though I think it's no country for young men. Look at all the young guys that die in the movie. Woody was relatively young. Josh Brolin was that was before he tried to take out half the universe. He was young. You have Kelly McDonald. She was young. I mean, Tommy Lee Jones lives. He's older. So it's no country for young men. See, you could have changed the title again. That's another one. And by the way, let's go another plot point before I just sit down and let you guys talk because you sound better than I do. Kelly McDonald, in the end, denies the coin toss. I would always, if you have a guy who looks like that, he does. He hasn't been to sports clips in about 15, 20 years. If you have a clips. guy sitting there like this with a cattle gun just going, I am soulless and I am Bain's cousin. I'm kidding. You know, and, and then he, he's gonna shoot you. I would go for the coin toss, you know, try to bargain for your life. Maybe you find some of the money. Maybe you, you marry a not so idiotic guy named Llewellyn. You know, don't marry a Brolin. Uh, you know, so really <laughs> upon rewatching, that's an error point. Uh, too faithful to the source material. And, and I think a lot of someone other buddy, someone else nailed that point in the ground. And I, I think he's a better looking guy with a beard on his screen who, who's going to talk soon. I, I think it should have, you know, deviated from the from the source material. I think it should have taken Cormac McCarthy's book. You know, you start the chili, you throw the meat and the onions in and you start throwing all your own little crazy shit in there. You know, you start kitchen sinking it. And I think the Cohen brothers should have kitchen sink no country for all men thus they made a movie that is not terrible I mean you can't watch this movie and call it bad I mean I mean and I tried I wanted to I had the night thought I was like psycho First 15 minutes and then I didn't I just it was underwhelming it was un, it was overrated highly overrated so yeah no country for all men upon rewatch is, is not it's it's not worthy of all that oh it's so good I wouldn't agree with all the fancy critics and. <laughs> <No.
3: laughs> Give me a number, I Dan. I think it's stiff.
2: Uh, oh, out of 10? Yeah. Okay, out of 10. What do they say? <laughs> let's do a new number. Uh, let's do 6.2. 6.2. Wow. Hmm. Oh. Is that too low? Is that too high?
3: I'll for be a movie you,
2: you hate. Yes. I don't know because I, I think for me, upon rewatch, Anton kept it from being like a uh, lower than a six. I think I was around a six, maybe at a five, five. But I think after ruminating, and that's what I do when I get a chance to think more about things that I probably shouldn't have. It's <laughs> a so six, one, six, two, you know, it's like, you know, us yeah. For this. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, it, it was kind of like it was it was, you know, I tell you what, I could bring it back. Hold on. I could bring it back to a six. Okay, just knock it down, six down is- on the ground. Six. No, all you have to Six say- is
1: – Yeah, you say it's overrated is what it sounds like. You don't have to, you don't have to bury it.
2: Yeah, that's fine. Listen, yeah. I mean, look, let's, let's, let's just show about eight feet on there, not six feet. Let's show about eight feet. But let's not just kill it. Let's put a little water bottle down there. Clean up. Kevin no, Israel, it, it what
1: is- do you think, Kevin Israel? Why don't you uh, hit your
2: notes up? Hold on one sec. No, oh, he's getting his notes that picture behind well, my- you is still freaking me out <laughs> <laughs> whenever i look at you picture- i look at him and i go javier no it's me <laughs> <laughs> um
3: sorry i just need it. my my wi-fi is shitty um okay so this is one of those movies where i could see one of kevin goatee's favorite Five-star ratings reading like this. Reviews reading like this. <laughs> in a world that has moved on, Ed Tom Bell was the last of a dying breed. A lawman of a bygone era. Set in his ways and unequipped for the brutal realities of crime in the 80s, Ed faces the challenge of a psychopathic hitman who's determined, who's determined and unyielding violence mirrors the harshness and inevitability of time. While the new brutal country has room for villains, it has no country for old
2: men. Yuck. That's what you said last time.
1: Uh, <laughs> <did I>? <laughs>
2: <laughs> and the performance matches.
3: Yeah, look for me. This movie I haven't seen this movie since I saw it in the theater, and it was never. There was never a movie that I was like, oh, you know what? I should watch that again. There, there was no. And and to Dan's point earlier on, if the measure of a great movie is rewatchability this movie is 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 not a great movie because it's it's not very rewatchable and i realize there are before people on twitter freak out i realize there are great movies out there that aren't incredibly rewatchable but i think that's the exception and not the rule i think when you look at great movies, shawshank redemption for example you watch that movie from any scene at any point in the movie and enjoy it you know we talk about it all the time the remote test um and this this movie definitely isn't that this movie feels like a short story where And I know it was based off of a novel and I have no idea what the novel was like, but the movie feels like a short story where a guy had an idea like we're going to have this old grizzled lawman who just falls behind the times. And there's going to be this psychopathic killer and he's going to and he's going to prove to the old lawman that his times just passed. And like that was the whole idea. And then and then the producers were like, all right, that sounds cool. But now you have to make a movie around that. And he and the and the writer was like, ah, shit. Okay, well, here's some other stuff we're going to do. And all the other stuff is interesting, sort of. But the whole movie feels it it doesn't feel like it all fits together. Like Josh Brolin's character. I I don't know if he's an idiot or if he's sort of a genius, but because he does some things where it's like like, like taking all the money, for example. Like if you had he was in no rush to take that money because everybody was dead. He could have thought about it for a sec. And he should have done exactly what Dan said. Scatter some around, make it look like there was a fight and take a few <laughs> bucks and then walk away. I, I tried saying it earlier. Uh, there's a great saying in finance. Pigs get fat, hogs get slaughtered. And he was a hog about this. If he just if he just took, I, I, what was it? It was a couple million dollars,
2: right? Yeah, it was a lot of money. It was, it right. was a decent if he, took, change. if he
3: took you know four or five hundred thousand dollars and just scattered the rest around who's gonna sit and count all the they would have been like oh there's a fight the thing blew up whatever move on and, but then he goes back to give the guy water like that was crazy that scene was crazy to me there was nothing in his personality that suggests that he would have been the kind of guy to do that but they he had to do that just to make the whole plot move forward like that was purely a plot device of him the going plot, back yeah to and they they should have done it they should have done it somehow a different way because they just didn't feel natural to who that character was and we and to be honest we don't even get to know him very well woody harrelson's character was really interesting when he's introduced he seems like this like like badass, you know, kind of dark opera, black ops guy know it
2: all. Who's yeah. Like- and
3: he was like, I can get him. And you know, like, you're like, oh, this guy <laughs> is going to like, it's going to be Harvey at Bardem versus Woody Harrelson. And there's going to be like this great moment. And because Woody Harrelson is a badass and no, he ends up begging for his life and kind of crying in a motel. And like, that's all you get out of him. His, he it. almost served absolutely no purpose other than to tell Josh Brolin, that a badass is coming for you, like you—you're you, in a bad situation. That whole buildup for that character, with the whole with his whole exchange with the drug with the the, the, the drug lord or whoever, whatever that guy was, um, served served absolutely no purpose. The movie does have some great scenes though, and most of them are Harvey Barry The scene with the clerk is amazing. The tension that's built up in that scene it, it, it rival it rivals *Inglorious Bastards* opening scene, where it's just brutal to watch because you just know something bad is going to happen. And oddly enough, in this one, nothing, it doesn't it doesn't pan out. Which that scene it kind of encapsulates this whole movie. Like it builds up, builds up, builds up, and then it's 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 like it's like edging. And if you don't know what edging is, look it up. <laughs> but that's exactly what it likes, and I see it. that's what exactly what it's like. <laughs> Like, Goatee is like I have that saved on my Huge's account, um, but it—that's it, it, really what it does. It, it, they set up so many great moments and so many great—and and Dan was right. You know, the, Josh Brolin gets killed. You don't even get to see that. Like everything the movie that's interesting that's supposed to happen in the movie, you don't get to see, and it, it never pans out. And then it just ends on this really weird philosophical moment which it didn't feel like the movie was building up to that. Tommy Lee Jones gives this. First, he goes to see his, his uncle, I think. And they have this whole exchange about how times changed and whatever. And then he tells and then he has a conversation with his wife about this dream that has, you know, he had he saw he had two dreams with his dad. And each of those dreams obviously had different meanings. And it was one of those it was one of those times where I was listening to that. And I was like, ah, I'm not smart enough to know what they're talking about. But I know there's meaning behind this. And there was because I had to look it up. And then I was like, oh, well, that's all right. So like one of the one of the stories was basically that like it was just life passing him by and he, he couldn't keep up with it. And another was his dad saying, well, you got to come with me now because we, we've we got to move on together. And 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 that was like the whole meaning of the movie. Basically, Tommy Lee Jones, who was in the movie for all of 18 minutes, maybe, was past his prime. His, the time has passed and, you know, it's moved on to a much more violent time and he can't keep up and that was the whole point of this movie which i guess would have been great in a different movie but in this movie they set up all this cool shit that you never got to do anything with like there was so much that could have happened and it and it never does and the you know the scariest thing in this movie is a harvey air bardem's haircut like that's the that's the like, that's the worst thing you get out of this like that and the cattle bolt, that cattle bolt machine that kills people that was genius coming up with that way to kill people was and that he breaks open door like that was like the the inspector gadget tool like it did everything (laughs) and that was that was and there so there were like really cool moments in this in this movie and there were some really great scenes um but then it just it just doesn't it just didn't pan out and then the end with the kids and you know he he crashes his car he's falling apart and then he just walks away and you'd have no idea what happens to him, and that felt that felt like a bit of a letdown too, because I guess you're just I guess he's just supposed to be like a force of nature that it, like he's just gonna keep on going like there's yeah. nothing's gonna stop him and he he finished with these guys and now he's going to move on to murder somebody else with some weird you, you appliance that nobody ever thought of that could kill somebody. but I don't know I, this, this this was a weird one for me because I didn't hate watching it but I didn't particularly enjoy it. And I'm definitely never going to watch it again. And I would have watched it again, but for uh, our buddy, Dan picking it. So for me, uh, this movie, and I feel like I keep going with the score, but I, 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 it's a five. I was going to say
1: five. I knew you're going to do it. (laughs) You're doing this too long, my friend, too long. Before we get to these notes, let's talk about our brand new sponsor, Kevin. That of course, athletic greens. I take mine every morning. You take yours every morning. The best thing about it, of course, the taste. Oh, it doesn't taste bad. You're sitting there going, oh, another protein or or another nutrition, you know, mixed concoction. It does not taste like you'd think at all. It is a good taste. Kevin, what are your thoughts on, uh, on how it tastes
3: and how it affects your daily routines? Yeah, it's not bad. You know what? And I'm not going to lie. Look, it's green. So when many of you are going to go drink something green, you're like, ah, I don't know about this, but it's smooth. It doesn't have that chalky taste. It actually it tastes like it tastes healthy. It tastes like like a healthy drink. That's not horrible. It's a great way to start the day. Mix it with some cold water. Knock it down. And it helps it. I I substitute it for my in the morning i feel alert ready to go my brain's working the gut is healthy it's uh it's it's a great great supplement and i've tried a lot of supplements so i I can really say that this one this one helps yeah it cleans up the
1: system nicely keeps things moving don't worry you're not going to poop green you know that's uh unless you're looking to do that on St. patrick's day for a goof and then dan will come over and smell it
2: just to make sure how (laughs) really how bad it is
1: and you are absorbing 75 high quality vitamins minerals whole food whole food super oh my god i butcher this every time whole food sourced superfoods probiotics and adaptogens guess what lifestyle friendly meaning if you're keto paleo vegan dairy free gluten free no per, no problems for kids hakuna matata it also contains less than 1 gram of sugar and more importantly, you think this is going to cost an arm and a leg? It's not because the story of this of Athletic Greens, the founder was trying to do a bunch of gut health, you know, experiments. He had a he had a crazy supplement routine where it cost him hundred bucks a day. Dan, what do you think Athletic Greens costs a day to have?
2: Uh, let's say a
1: buck, buck fifty. Well, it's less than $3 a day, so we'll call that a win. It's, de- it's definitely cheaper than Starbucks. It's definitely cheaper than crack. Either way, you're getting healthier with Athletic Greens. It has over 7,000 five-star reviews and trusted by leading health experts like Tim Ferriss and Michael Gervais. And as a little gift to our listeners, when you go to athleticgreens.com slash GTSC, you order, guess what? They're going to throw you one-year supply free of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Athleticgreens.com slash GTSC, as in obviously gutting the sacred cow. Athleticgreens.com slash GTSC notes. I haven't seen this movie in a while. I did see it in the theater. I think I saw it again on cable after that. So this is a pretty fair number, I think. Let's set the over under of number of times someone spits tobacco because this deals with in Texas. I set the number at 27 and a half. Hey, Tommy Lee Jones, turn down the Texas accent just a little bit. <laughs> Any more twang, and I'm in danger of going to a Brooks and Dunn concert. Hard pass, folks. Hard pass. Javier Bardem, you guys said it, has the haircut my Fisher-Price figurines had in the late 70s, early 80s. When, Harvey Arba- when Javier Bardem is choking out the deputy, the face he makes while doing so must be the same face that he makes when Penelope Cruz is giving him a blowjob. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine looking down and having that like, oh, God damn it, I made it.
2: Only Arnold Schwarzenegger after having sex with Kelly Preston twins. The look on his face has to be number two after Javier's face choking out that poor cop.
1: (laughs) And then Arnold goes home and fucks his maid. Oh, oh, the mighty have fallen.
2: Strike out.
1: The maid looks like the picture of uh, Dan behind Kevin Israel, I think. (laughs) Dan's a pretty
3: man with that haircut. I'm not going to lie.
1: I think (laughs) I I think Schwarzenegger's mate has more facial hair than that photo. Next. (laughs) Amazing how Josh Brolin goes from douchebag, killjoy, older brother in Goonies to this, to Cable, to Thanos. All while his dad is busy banging Kevin Israel's favorite singer, Barbara Streisand. I love how Mexican drug lords dress like Italian grandmothers' couches in every film I see them in. (laughs) The only thing missing is a big, big piece of plastic. You know, when I wake up in the middle of the night, the last thing in my head is to go drive to the middle of nowhere. The first thing on my mind is, how can I piss with a morning boner in the shower without waking my wife up and yelling at me for doing so? Why would Kelly McDonald's character marry a guy named Lou Can you imagine someone yelling out that name in the throes of passion? That has the same vaginal drying effect, like "fuck me, Leon, give me that cock, Saul, put in my ass, Sylvester." <laughs> like Kelly McDonald, uh, young version of she was in Train Spotting. She was the gal in Train Spotting. If you remember that film.
2: Wow. I I early, early, movies. early career. I love you McGregor, right? Wasn't that yeah. one oh, of yeah. his first big movies,
1: Ewan's? That and Shallow Grave was before that. You ever see Shallow, that? Shallow Grave, yeah. I I saw, I paid to see <laughs> the theater. You know why I paid to see the theater? Because the goddamn tagline, critic wrote, just as good as Pulp Fiction. And as a young, dumb asshole, I think it was like 18 when it came out. I saw it. I go. It's nothing like Pulp Fiction.
2: <laughs> nothing like Pulp Fiction. That was a a, a nice little clickbait. Uh,
1: they got me good. This movie, as Israel said, is a masterclass in building suspense and tension. I implore you to find one that's I, that that's better than this. This is top five for sure. I e the scene with the clerk for sure, as well as a little bit with the uh, with Dan's favorite character Woody Harrelson. <laughs> Once he finds a transmitter in the money, why not flush that fucker down the toilet or at least put it in a candy bar and throw it to a rat like Schwarzenegger did in Total Recall? So. Watch some movies, Ellen. I'm a Johnny Cab. God damn, that film is still great. It's on cable now nonstop and I get sucked in. Hey man, I got five kids to feed. When Josh Brolin calls Woody Harrelson's room right before he was about to get shot. Obviously, this takes place in the late 70s. No answering machines, no voicemail. What maniac stays on the phone for more than five rings? He stayed on that line for at least 10 (laughs) rings. But that's beyond psychopathic. What asshole has the time for 10 rings? That doesn't happen <laughs> did you know woody harrelson's dad was a hitman for the mob he killed a federal judge and in his last few days alive on death row inferred that he was indeed part of the jfk plot
3: Ooh.
1: although mike price our buddy would vehemently disagree with that point i'm sure oh indeed indeed Llewellyn's wife seems completely helpless except in the end when she tries to rationalize with Shigur and takes a stand by not, well, probably not accepting the coin flips results. I feel mildly cheated that we did not get to see the confrontation between Llewellyn and the Mexican gang as well as the wife. I I want to see her dig more into it about not accepting the coin flip instead of just, that's fine. I get a little bit of mystery. Mystery could do it, but I, I want a little a little closure for that. So why. we all
3: agree that the wife got killed, though.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think for the most part, yeah, she got, yeah, yeah, he he killed her. I mean, didn't he did he I, check his did he check his feet out as he walked out, like as he stepped
1: in blood, yeah. kind of thing? Is that yeah? yeah that's, probably, why, that's, that's why that's why yeah. I'll assume so. Yeah. Okay. All right. We're all in agreement, son. Quite the interesting ending with leaving some an, unanswered questions, and it works. It works for me. I saw this in the theater. I liked it. I watched it a few years ago. Again, I liked it. This time. I like it too. Do I own it? No. Does it pass the remote, t- remote test? No, it does not. Except when Chigurh is in the gas station with the clerk. This is one that you have to be in from start from finish. You can't just jump in anywhere, m- very much like Hateful Eight. You just can't jump in anywhere and go, all right, I'm cool. <laughs> uh, this is not on the frequent re- frequent rewatch list, but I-, I-, I like it. It's good. It's a, maybe a smidge above fine but I'm not going to die in the hill and defend this. I six, six and a half out of 10 is my number. I like it. It's. Uh, and again, Dan made the point. If Anton Chigurh is not as, as, good of a character as he is, this is not a six and a half out of 10.
2: <laughs> this, this, this is this, so good.
1: I'm going to call this the Darth Vader villain bonus points where you're that fucking good. And you get not, not saying that the star Wars, the original star Wars are obviously insane and, and cinematic masterpieces. But Darth Vader takes him to the next level, as does the Emperor. Same thing with this film. Is my point? It's and like by the double
2: way, points. It's like double points. Like when he's on screen, it just the whole thing gets so much better. Well, we just did Jaws recently,
1: and uh, Kevin Israel I we both were saying how Quint. I mean, we both have, we both said the film is fucking perfect, and but Quint is amazing. There's there, he's, there's got to be one of the top ten characters of film of all time. He's so memorable and great. Anton Shigora, same thing. Again, the weapon, the weapon choice, same exact reason. Who the fuck would think of doing a, 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 a cattle uh, gun to, to do that? And my my interpretation of the end is death cannot be stopped. Tommy Lee, that's what it is. Shigora's is death. He is the T one thousand. He is the T eight hundred in Terminator. He does not stop until you are dead. Critics five star reviews. Five star reviews. 5 2 reviews by critics. Know. The greatest films <laughs> are such a force of life and death, love and hate that the that once the closing credits begin to roll, the film's cinematic life has just begun.
0: Ugh.
1: This re- this reviewer definitely French kissed their English lit notebook in college. <laughs>
2: Saved up all the big words, <laughs>
1: <laughs> the Cohen brothers honor McCarthy by reproducing whole chunks of dialogue from the book and judiciously trimming plot jones 's plaintive mourning for a country that 's become too complicated to police is enough for us to know why he 's packing it in that 's an interesting comparison, especially with today 's societal thoughts on policing in. Again, current times Yep. with very little dialogue. Bardem is an imposing evil presence who makes every scene. He is in a white knuckle moment. We all agree on that. Absolutely. It is a smart film and pure Cohen. It has a point though. Some may contest it, but it's not a must see film for everyone. So if you are a Cohen fan, don't take your grandmother. She will say it sucks. I don't take my grandmother's movies because guys, she does not appreciate the dick and the popcorn trick as much as your mom does. Ha! (laughs) Waka, Waka, Waka. (laughs) By the way, Coen brothers, where are we on them? I'm, I only like Fargo and I like this and they can go kick fucking rocks after that. I did not see, Oh brother, where art thou? I won't. I hated I hated raising Arizona with the passion, but I like True Grit. So I didn't see their true, their real like Blood Simple. I have not seen yet, but I haven't seen a lot of their true or the or the the, the musical ones that they've done. The Netflix one, yeah, it's tough.
2: Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean. For me, Miller's Crossing is still my favorite one. That's the Gabriel Byrne one from the '80s. Just love like like it. Fargo Fargo is great. Yeah, I, I I like. Uh, gosh, it's just come on. The, the The Big Lebowski is just kind of I an otherworldly, it. kind of funny movie. I don't love it as much as everybody else, but I do think Bridges and Goodman kind of elevate it. But I mean, I, I've never been in love with again. Miller's Crossing. I watched it with my dad when I was a kid. I watched it, and again, that that for me, it holds up. But I loved it in the beginning. Outside of that in Fargo, which I just think is a perfect thriller, I think Fargo is what No Country for All Men aspired to be. Right. And I think that Fargo nailed it. But as far as loving their movies, I've always kind of thought, man, they could be better writers than directors or vice versa. So, uh, rarely did they hit it out of the park for me so I'm kind of like I'm, I'm with you Mr. Goatee okay
3: I was looking at their list of movies to remember what I've seen did either of you see The Ballad of Buster Scruggs no chance did,
1: nope I didn't like it I like it
3: I was so angry I was so angry at the end like, of it what
2: is going on like what is I, I watched all of that for this it's, it's like they were punking us <laughs>
3: yeah. and, the, and if you watch the trailer the trailer made the movie out to be a completely different movie than what it was. It was, it was, yeah, it it was, was so, bad. so bad. But also interesting interesting uh fact, they they also did the movie inside Lewin Davis. Well, Lewin yeah. Davis. Yeah,
2: the, yeah Oscar so Isaac. apparently They
3: like that name. Yeah, I
2: mean and that movie had promised. The first half was all right. The second half just got so depressing. I just wanted to beat all the characters up. I wanted to beat up Oscar Isaac. I wanted to punch (laughs) Carrie Mulligan in the face. She was mean to him. And I I just wanted to leave the movie. But they they can never really make a whole movie. They're always really good. I always think they'd be a great TV show, maybe, because they nail an hour, but they never really stick the land again. Man, I think great movies, they just stick that landing. It's like whenever I watch my favorite movie of all time, Heat. Whenever I watch The Shootout and De Niro and Pacino, it never loses steam but no country and as you just say Kevin earlier man a lot of her movies just kind of yep. yeah I hate Lebowski we did on, the, on this podcast and I was
1: joyous oh, yeah. and joyous that Ron Barber my buddy actually decided to take that film on I think nice. it's so overrated and I fucking hate it uh, blah, blah, blah. Critics, one star reviews.
0: You know you reviews.
1: Critics, one star reviews. Critics, one star reviews. And critics, one star reviews. Critics, one star reviews. An exasperating and self-defeating experience rather like listening to a nymphomaniac extol the virtues of celibacy. Now I think inviting this reviewer guys out for a night of drinks sounds like a self-defeating experience, especially when they start talking to a group of women you're interested in because nothing dries up vaginas more than a man who wears a bow tie and then has his glasses pushed down to the bottom part of his nose. (laughs)
2: Oh, man. Just say the movie it. sucked. Just say the movie sucked, man. Don't get so damn detailed. You know, just say it's, a, it's like Taco Bell at 2.30. It's never a good idea, but you do it sometimes. Oscar Wilde just woke up from his grave and said, shut the fuck up, pussies. Okay.
1: <laughs> Morose vagueness will get no country for all then called a classic instead of what it is, an often effective but pompous grindhouser. Its pretensions are so big, you couldn't fit them in Texas. You know, it's not vague how colossal of a douche this reviewer is. <laughs> Another one. Sure. I, if I want rye lawmen and smart calculating fugitives, I'll get them from Elmore Leonard. And if I want Leonard, I'll take a neat rather than slow filter drop by drop through a layer of Faulkner, then laced with the book of Jeremiah. And here's me trying to let everyone know that I read books that you're supposed to admit to reading. Unless otherwise, then I'll call you uneducated. And by the way, the best best Fifty Shades of book, gray book, was the first. I'm just kidding. Book of Jeremiah. Are you guys familiar with that one? Or, or are we just going to no. nod our head, pretend to nod? Okay, good. <laughs> no
2: I'm just going to be like, you're trying to sound kind of important, Mr. Reviewer, aren't you? Yeah. The book that Jeremiah said yeah, that sorry. no country. All right, all, all right. right,
1: all right. Don't believe the hype. The most unsatisfying conclusion to a film since the final episode of the, of The Sopranos, and that which led up to it wasn't so great either.
3: An interesting way to go after The Sopranos.
2: It's kind of a nice little uh, hockey thing where they just kind of shove them into the boards or by. Like, all, all right, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah.
1: Amazon five star reviews. <laughs> Amazon 5 star reviews Amazon 5 star reviews Amazon 5 star reviews,
3: reviews. Gutting power I am from
1: oh. Texas and because the film takes place entirely in Texas this film has a warming feel to it much like biscuits and gravy by a fireplace the retro 70 feel while taking on a classic western style works perfectly it is not a beaten to death western like gunsmoke or Bonanza, although I love me a good classic Western, but it captures the theme and idea of a Western. This movie, I'm sorry, I'll pause. Okay, good. This movie is about an assassin who drives with his hands at 10 and 2 on the wheel.
2: I gotta be like this with his gun, his little cattle gun. Hey, you, know, I just, you just be sitting back, having a like an iced tea, like hey, man, I'm in between. I'm not kibbles. laid back enough, because I'm rolling because <laughs> I'm rolling to my six four.
1: Do that and let yeah. me ride. Oh, <laughs> but said uh, he's like this. He's like, that just Geez. happened. <laughs> yeah. I really, I, I, uh, I enjoyed this movie and really wanted to watch it. There are some scenes that are too violent for me, and I closed my eyes and covered my ears during most of these scenes. The movie is very good and has very good performances from the main stars. And I don't think I'll watch it again because of the two violent scenes, but I'm glad I found it at Amazon for a good price. Signed, Jason Mamola. Yeah. Big fan. Really? No, <laughs> You heard it, single ladies. Go for it, Miss Omaha. Woo! Shoot your shot. Javier Bardem plays bone-chilling psychopath Anton Shigur. Tom Hanks, Forrest Gump castaway, plays Ed Tom Bell. And Brosh Jolin, the unethical thief of $2 million, Louis Moss. Mexican in the suit impressed me with his 20s of screen time performance. Great. Buy just off that. Would buy again, smiley face.
2: Tom Would Hanks? Every- it, with this just whatever he's smoking i just want a couple puffs i don't need six i just need a couple, i want to see that right? movie i want to <laughs> yeah. watch the movie he watched. <laughs> where's I, the screenplay <laughs> i call i call this movie mad libs
1: yeah. Yeah, it, yeah here is a great film the end would not have been permitted 75 years ago there were certain restrictions on theme then and the ending would have likely had to have been revised okay not depressing at all but the satirical like car- the satirical cartoon like violence manages to become comical think tom and jerry but with real people signed ernest hemingway
2: whoa hey that's a little just judgmental like tom and jerry. artist yeah just like tom and jerry
1: tom and jerry the worst car one of the worst cartoons of our childhood i'm putting it right out there it's so it was this week it was weak. i hated it i did too and when they had the movie come out i go nope
2: no, Sorry. Oh yeah, did Sorry, not kids. watch it. Looney Tunes: no Ride or Die. I oh, saw yeah. it. You
3: saw.
2: You did. It. <laughs> you did it for us, Kevin Israel. You did it for us.
3: It was as bad and worse than you think. But why watch it in the first place when you know it? If you didn't like the cartoon that, from Jump, then why would you watch it as an adult? I th- I think we watched it in like the the, the later months of the pandemic when like we just run out of things to watch, and that was a newer movie that we okay. hadn't seen. Oh, and okay, I want to okay, say. Yeah. That it got really, really good, re- surprisingly good reviews. Did stuff. it? Yeah. Okay, Kevin,
2: Kevin Israel. I have a question. You watch that movie in slow motion, or Anton tells you to call it? Call it. Oh, that's how ch- I have
3: a chance not to suffer with the <laughs> with with the coin flip. <laughs> yeah, but, you have a, but you have a son now. You have to think of him. Yeah, that's true. He'd, he'd want me to call it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Tell you what, mommy, mommy, call it. <laughs> oh,
0: careful,
1: Amazon, my mother, careful. Amazon one-star reviews. Amazon one-star reviews. Amazon one-star reviews. Amazon one-star reviews. Now. Amazon one-star reviews. Amazon one-star reviews. Amazon one-star reviews. Now. Amazon one-star reviews. One-star, reviews, one-star, review, one-star review. One-star One-star. One-star reviews. Gruesome, gratuitous violence, a movie that could only be enjoyed by perverted adolescent boys. Please do not encourage this kind of aimless, immoral movie making by watching this movie. Signed, Marilyn Manson.
2: All right. All right. Let's cut that out. There's nothing wrong with the violence in the movie. We want brutality. Thank Speaking of brutality, I just read a few minutes ago.
1: Mortal Kombat 2 has been greenlit. Look, look, you know, I didn't hate last
2: year's movie, but I didn't I didn't hate hate it either. I don't need, but why
1: do we have to do two? Because they did leave it open for a sequel. And uh, fuck, I I will see. I like the first one. I it's, will see the first. I'll, I'll see I do. this one. I'll, I'll see it. it. I'll say it. hated I, it. Because they didn't have the theme in it. I know that was missing. Okay. But otherwise, <laughs> I, the, the fatalities were great. The story was good enough. Uh,
2: okay. It Next. Was, you're right. It was good enough. Good yeah. enough. The story. Was, yeah.
1: Thank God I paid only $3 for it, but I still want that money back. I could buy something better quality like Kirkland toilet paper. Mm. I keep hearing people describing it as dark and disturbing. No, seven was dark and disturbing. This one was slow and boring. Can someone explain to me what Kirkland toilet paper is? I'm sorry. I must be too rich because I can afford name brand double ply. <laughs> Let's
2: show <laughs> <off>. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's what you kind of, you bypass that in the aisle. Usually you go, okay, this one time, come on. Yeah. It's almost like that one
1: person's house you're going to. They, know, they have single. You're like, can I bring yeah. like a, a small pack of butt wipes in my back pocket? Because I know, <laughs> I know it's going to give you it's, whatever. Who knows?
2: hand sanitizer. Don't <laughs> yeah. worry about it, guys. You know what?
1: You know what? Fuck it. It's on them. Use their towel. That'll learn them. Oh yeah, come on. <laughs> Great scenes. That when combined make no sense whatsoever. Poor, tor- poor storytelling. The fact that people think this movie is so artful and deep. Makes me hate it even more. <laughs> Last one. Woodlawn, we are Marshall. And now this one. No damn words. I completely give up. Thanks, but no thanks, Amazon. You
2: truly are a piece of work. Signed, Mackenzie Bezos. Oh, oh, hey, don't, don't let me mess with Matthew McConaughey's performance in We Are Marshall. That's a crowd pleaser.
1: Not a bad film. I think he's more upset about Amazon and their lack of... <laughs> quality service Kevin Israel did Dan Buffa come back and gut this
3: sacred cow? I don't know. He Ooh. his arguments his arguments led me to say yes, but then he gave it a six. And how does it how is it got how's it got six point two, I think? Well
2: well the thing is I don't even remember what I gave Lala, so I will say that my idea of a bad rating is maybe a little more generous. I'm the guy that tips okay waiters, even though they don't really buy a deserved tip. All right, I, I'm basically I'm I'm too nice of a guy sometimes, but so maybe my six is a little bit too high. But I will I don't want to watch this movie ever again. So I do have that. I'm
3: gonna I'm gonna offer this rare opinion because I'm torn about this. I'm gonna say that we gutted this cow a <laughs> as a combined, gutters- like, as a Voltron. We come, we we join together, and yeah. we 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 got this.
2: Yeah, I, I almost think it, all, all of our guttings combined. I, I think people would just avoid this movie altogether.
1: Dan reminds me that you know that typical Midwest niceness. It's like a girl gives like a
2: a less than you know like a D plus BJ. You're like ah, but you tried. All right, here Do you have stats? What was my rating of La La Land? Do you have that right in front of you? Do you know I gave it?
1: Not handy, and no, uh, no, I don't recall.
2: Well, can I can I change my rating? Because I think I was a little too generous. Well, I'm not going to fucking re edit the show, Dan. So, no. <laughs> okay. Let's just do a 4.9. Okay. And that's only because of Anton. If you take him out, I don't even want to know what I give it. That's how, that's the thing. You take out Anton, you should have been the star of the movie in the first place. But, yeah. Dan Buffa, what are you up to? Tell the good folks where we can
1: find you and what's new.
2: At Buff82 on Twitter, that's where all the links go and that's where all the random thoughts write. Randomly, got a movie on 11 p.m. at night, that's where to go. KSTK has all the new reviews. Occasionally, STL Jewish Light, but mostly just on Twitter, pissing people off every day. Kevin Israel, how about yourself?
3: kevinisrael.com for upcoming comedy dates and whatnot. And more importantly, leave us a five-star rating and a quick few sentence review because we need it. We love it. We want you to interact with us and we recognize your great reviews. KG does it, you know, a couple of times a week. He calls out the people who leave the, the, the best reviews, like saying we mispronounce words, even though we don't, you're a moron, <laughs> but we still love you because you gave us uh, you gave us a good rating. So yeah, find your podcast platform of choice and leave us a rating and a quick review. Dan, how do you pronounce the word zeitgeist?
2: Zeitgeist.
3: Okay, thank you. We're right. We're just. <laughs> that's going to be the question we ask at the end of every that's, show. <laughs> yeah,
2: everything. It's like, what's your favorite color? Why do you say that? I, I kind of like it. It's different. That's the first time I've been asked that. Change it up. One more reason, people, to follow the podcast, give it Never five stars. Don't do it and be the guy who gives a four-star rating to a very good podcast. We've Damn had it five. Don't be a dick. Anybody so, watching this?
1: The lat, the most recent four-star rating, because they didn't like one of our guests.
2: <laughs> Sorry.
1: <laughs> no, it wasn't you. It was, and they specified the guests too. So don't worry. It wasn't. Oh, you.
2: well, you know, tell them, Hey, they still got two Kevins. Damn it. That's five right there.
1: Speaking of Kevin, Kevin, go com for dates and whatever NFL picks. Most importantly, Follow us on uh, all the socials, GTSC Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Twitter is GTSC Podcast. Actually, that's that's Twitter. GTSC Podcast at guttingthesacredcow.com every day where you find blog articles or that doesn't happen. Movie news like Mortal Kombat 2 coming out. Ha ha. And of course, do not forget merch shop. Kevin Israel's got the coffee bug on full display right there for your uh, drinking pleasures to drink your athletic slash GTSC products. That's amazing. And last but not least, if you want to advertise with us like athletic greens, gutting the sacred cow at gmail.com guys, damn. Yay. Listen, fantastic job again, sir. We appreciate it. And thanks for coming back and we'll see all you crazy kids next week. Aloha.